This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. And happy Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. So we talked about the interesting, inspiring, and sometimes a little bit difficult <laughs> Gustav Corbet this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say before we get into my thoughts on Corbet, there's another piece in the What We Do in the Shadows opening credits that I really wanted to do an episode on. But it's impossible. It is the uh, the portrait of Salome by Henri Regnault. Mm-hmm. He died really young. He does not have a whole lot of life stories. So maybe at some point we'll do a Six Impossible Artists uh, or something along those lines because I am in love with that painting. And this is one of the cases, like, throughout that opening credit scene, which is very clever and super smart and beautifully done, you know, I, in some cases, recognize the art. And, uh, of course, it's like, oh, that's funny. The one that they did where they inserted Nadja's face into Renault's Salome, I think, is actually better than the original painting. Oh, wow. Like, there's something about the balance of her facial features and her hair and the way her dress is draped that is perfection to me. It, I love it so much. But anyway, uh, Corbet. We read that quote about how Corbet was obsessed with <laughs> his own looks mm-hmm. and how he always made himself look more beautiful than he was. This is very fascinating to me, and I found myself thinking about it a lot in the last week because we have reached a point 
socially where I think people understand that it is not cool to comment on people's looks. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has reached a point, but most people. Mm -hmm. But Corbet is one of those people that, like, no one seems to have any hesitancy to go. He didn't look like that. He was, like, kind of pudgy and looked a little dumpy when he painted that, but he painted himself like he was 20 and hot. And I just find this fascinating. So I I I get the art that's going to go on our social media. It used to be art that would go on our website back when we had a website, uh, but now it pretty much goes on our social media and nowhere else. And I, when we have an artist, I usually try to see first if they did a self-portrait that could be the artwork, because then you're seeing a work by the artist and what they look like together in one picture. Mm-hmm. And there were many. And as I was, I was clicking through them, I was like, he looks like trouble. He looks like he should be friends with Franz Liszt. He looks yes. like a person who would inspire a Lizdomania style <laughs> response. If I were a gifted painter, I'm sure I would also paint myself hotter than I am. Well, and to be clear, I mean, I think most descriptions of him when he was young, everyone does kind of agree that he went through like just a smoking hot, super appealing, everyone thought he was gorgeous, period. Mm-hmm. But then it ended kind of early in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which, again, like, that also gets into play of, like, universal societal standards of what is beautiful and what is not, right? Sure. But, yes, to compare him to a young Franz Liszt is very on point. And he did continue to paint himself as looking more like that when he had ceased to really look like that later in his life. <laughs> And apparently to paint other people not as attractive as they naturally were. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's just somebody being kind of um, judgy. Yeah, kind of (laughs) snippy about everything. Yeah, I don't know. But I I really do love his self-portraits. And some of them, he looks like exactly the the poster child of like dangerous romantic era Mm -hmm. party boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you see a photograph of him and you're like, that that didn't quite line up the way I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, again, no. Listen, he still had a lot of romantic entanglements. Plenty of people found him attractive throughout his entire life. Sure. Although there is a story that he was involved with a young woman, a younger than him woman, when he was in his his, uh, 50s, I think. And he did not understand for the life of him. We talked about how he said he's never getting married. He did not understand for the life of him why this young woman would choose a different suitor who wanted to marry her Mm -hmm. over the life of passion and excitement that he could offer. He just didn't see the appeal. He was like, why would she do this? That's foolish. (laughs) Again, this is where we get into the, I have trouble with his arrogance. Mm. I cannot imagine being that conceited or arrogant. Those are two qualities I do not delight in. And so for him to be so self-aware of it, like, do you not know the most arrogant man in Paris? Get out of here. Um, (laughs) It's it's a lot. (laughs) I also promised some gossip. Okay. So the model for the origin of the world has been debated for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, There have even been some people who have put forth the theory that he is in, in fact painting a dead woman. That's not a very common or widely accepted one. I think that's a sensational and thrilling Mm -hmm. one to think about. But most people would agree 
that the model, or I don't know if I should say most people would agree, a lot of art historians believe that the model for that piece was a woman named Joanna Hiffernan. I don't know if that's how she pronounced it or if she was a Joanna. She was Irish. Mm. She modeled for him for a lot of pieces. She was also the girlfriend of James Whistler. And she may have had an affair with <laughs> Corbett. <laughs> what? Because he and James Whistler were friends. And then at one point, they stopped being friends completely. And a lot of people have theorized oh. that, that it was because of this romantic triangle problem going on and that Whistler was, like, not cool with any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an interesting piece. This isn't really um, gossip, but again, much like the way the artist studio continues to get debated over what it means and what it is, the origin of the world also continues to get debated outside of whether people think it is pornographic. I would say it's not safe for work, mm-hmm. but whether people think it is pornographic or not, outside of that, there are discussions about whether that is the entire painting. Mm. Uh, some people have suggested that it had included, again, it's from a, a pretty severe angle on the body. So even if you could see the woman's head and face it might look a little weird, but there are some people that have found this other portrait he did of Hiffernan and said, like, no, this matches up. But other art historians are like, no, it doesn't. You're kind of grasping at straws. So there are certainly, like, theories to play with there about whether or not he cut that part off of his canvas to try to avoid getting anybody angry, and apparently that didn't work. Mm-hmm. If, if, in fact, that was the cause of his his uh, sudden severance of his friendship with Whistler. (laughs) Mm. It's all very dramatic. I feel like his personal life was particularly romantically very dramatic at all times. Um, Fascinating. Dramatic. I really love a lot of his work. I think he probably was insufferable to be around. Maybe. Or maybe he was delightful, unless you were an art critic. I don't know. Hard, (laughs) Hard to know. Hard to know. I mean, he seemed... You know, like we said, completely devoted to his family. He adored his parents. He loved his sisters. He loved the people of Ornan. So he wasn't, like, so arrogant or conceited that it was all about him. He certainly cared for other people, but also seemed, you know, a little complex. Yeah. Possibly insufferable. I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, 
Millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said, my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things we talked about this week was Griswold versus Connecticut. Uh, And connected to way more recent Supreme Court decisions. Maybe future ones. Who knows at this point? So one of the things that amused me, really, uh, when I was working on this was there was the part we talked about about United States versus one package Mm -hmm. 
Full name is United States versus one package of Japanese pessaries. But it's usually just written out as United States versus one package. And so having just seen that name crop up before I then stopped to, like, go look into the details of that case, I had thought that one package was, like, a store that would discreetly send you contraception or something. Like, it did not occur to me that it was going to be a literal box. No, it's an actual box of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I I have a number of thoughts about that, and I think you did too. Well, mine are the silly ones, which I think we needed after that episode. But um, I know that at that point, when a case is going on, the whole point of it is really, like, to examine and potentially make changes to interpretation of the law. But in my head, I find the hilarity of, like, a package being sentenced in some way very funny. Like, I instantly render the cartoon in my head of one package having to do hard labor somewhere and just, like, sitting by the side of the road for, like, a couple hours a day. (laughs) Or, like, one package with a fine uh, issued to it and it not having pockets to look in for money. I know that's, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. like the cartoon that my brain plays. I think I would have had a really hard time uh, wrapping my head around just the basic existence of that case had I not learned about multiple cases recently that are about uh, cases granting personhood to basically elements of nature. So like a river being granted personhood, so the river has the right to sue in court uh-huh. over being polluted, like stuff like that, which is a... a an interesting way to think about that. And there's an episode of the podcast, 99% Invisible, that talks about a few different cases like that, a few different circumstances where uh, there's been either in tribal court or in like a U.S. or state court, the idea that a natural system would be granted uh, personhood. Um, And one of the arguments was about how, okay, so if the river has the right to sue against a polluter, and th- what if, like, what if there is a flood and the river floods your house? Do you have the right to sue the river for having done that? Like, what? how does that all work out? Right. Uh, and I was like, what an interesting argument to even think about. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I had, I had over the last few months uh, learned about various efforts uh, or cases or arguments or whatever about that particular idea. And I think that made it easier for me to even imagine that there would have been a suit filed against a a box of pessaries that were used for contraceptive purposes. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. My other takeaway from this episode on the lighter things I can pluck out of it is that P.T. Barnum is everywhere. I know. I just did. uh, And it was fairly late for whatever reason, uh, I mean, I had read all of these things about the Connecticut law and what it included and what the text of it was and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw things was like introduced by P.T. Barnum. And I was like, for real, though? <laughs> uh, because I think folks that live in Connecticut may learn more about his work as a legislator when other folks mostly know him because of the circus. Right. I do not have any idea if the episodes that previous hosts of the show have done about Barnum, if they talk about that part at all. Because I know there are some in the archive. He also popped up on our episode on spirit photography. Oh, yeah. Because, as you'll recall, he testified in court that those people were fleecing people 
because he was like, I'm an expert on ridiculousness, and mm-hmm. this is absolutely ridiculous. And I just find it hilarious that he had his nose in so many different places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said during the episode that I I had previously just not been able to understand the reasoning in Roe versus Wade. Again, not right. talking about the outcome, talking about like the argument that the court took to get there. And I was like, I don't understand. And I would try to read an explanation. I would still be like, I don't, I don't understand how you got there. And that's been one of the like ongoing until now has been overturned. Like one of the ongoing concerns about it was like to have an issue that is that morally and ethically and emotionally involved to so many people from so many different angles to have it rest on something that feels kind of like an argument house of cards. Yeah. It's scary. Scary. Uh, yeah, for legitimate reasons, because now it's overturned. Yes, yeah. I those always those always similarly to me. I'm always like, was this really the best tack to take? But yeah, and that was one of the reasons why every time I would idly go, okay, should we do an episode on Roe v. Wade? And I'm like, okay, number one, how do we? Uh, I mean, a lot of uh, teachers use our show in their classrooms, and uh, to me, an episode on contraception is already kind of like on the line of. Whether whether that's gonna work in a in a classroom setting and like a, an episode on abortion is like probably gonna be something that most teachers are like gonna have to watch out for and like not leave the podcast playing in the background if their kids <laughs> the kids they're teaching are in younger grades right like the, that was a thing that I would sort of think about but then I would also kind of go and I also don't understand the ruling. And also, there are also all these other issues around, like, the facts of the case and the people involved. And when Norma McCorvey, who was the person who was anonymously known as Jane Roe during this case, like, when she died, all of these facts and allegations came out about how she had personally felt about it and whether her things that she had said about it in the times that the court case happened, whether they were genuine. And I was like, every time there's just more layers of complexity and mess and, like, how is this even possible to talk about in a way that feels all ages friendly and I could never really wrap my head around it and then the Supreme Court overturned it yeah it's um it's it's difficult on a number of of levels right it's a lot to pluck apart those Mm -hmm. decisions and like how they came to their reasoning which again I still even though I technically understand it I'm like Really? Um, But then also, as you said, like, this is a very complex issue that is not just, like, intellectually important to look at, but also it is very emotional for a lot of people. And so um, I'm very glad you decided to finally, like, pounce on it. Yeah. I don't think I... I ever would have gotten to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I found uh, I found Griswold versus Connecticut to be... Like I said in the show, it made it a lot easier to understand what the reasoning had been during Roe versus Wade. But then also the facts of that case, the cases involved, I felt better able to to lay out in a way that was accessible to people and would be as hopefully as I know. I know some uh, states and school systems have incredibly strict rules about what's okay to have playing in a classroom or to use in a classroom resource, but like. I felt more able to write out the facts of this in a way that I felt like was going to be, hopefully, uh, more able to, like, not turn the podcast into a a no-go for 
classrooms in general. Uh, not necessarily the specific episode. We always say, like, pre-listen to stuff if you're concerned about uh, listening to it with kids or in a classroom or whatever. But um, anyway, anyway, many complicated factors to think through with all of that. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to send us a note about this, any other podcast, history podcast at iHeartRadio.com. It's Friday. Hopefully everything that's happening on your weekend is going to be good and restful. If it can't be restful, I hope there's just like a moment of peace you can grab in there for yourself somewhere. Uh, If you're working, I hope everybody is great to you. Uh, No terrible customer service encounters or similar. We'll be back on Saturday, Saturday Classic, and then Monday with a brand new episode. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.